Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. My name is Paige Peck and I'm here with my mom, Nicolene Peck. Hi, Hi, everybody. Mom. <laughs> Hello. So today's podcast is actually going to be um, pretty awesome. It's going to be, you know, what some people might consider a touchy subject, but it's one that's really important to discuss. And what is that going to be, Mom? Yeah, so we're calling this Eyes Wide Open. And you know when you see something shocking, your eyes are just like, what? <laughs> just totally <laughs> wide open. And so Eyes Wide Open to me has two meanings with this podcast. So number one, it's like, what? So we plan on shocking you. That's going to happen, okay? (laughs) And this is one of those podcasts that you may or may not want to listen to with the children. So maybe listen to it first and then decide if you want to listen to it with the children because this is important information for parents, but I want to make sure you deliver it to your parents or to your parents, to your children, (laughs) Uh, blah, 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 blah. I get the words all wrong. Anyway, deliver it to your children when you think it's the right time or warn them in the way you feel like is right. I'm just going to lay it all out for you today. But also there's eyes wide open, which means I know. I know what's really going on. I can fully see the situation and we are alerting you today to a situation. And like Paige said, it's kind of a sensitive topic. This is one of those topics that it's like, I wish we didn't have to talk about it, but we do because this affects parents. And the more and more I thought about it, I thought, why am I keeping this to myself? Yeah. Well, and not only parents, it affects everybody. That's true. Every single person. It affects you, Paige. You don't even have children yet. It affects absolutely everyone. So we are going to be talking about today, eyes wide open, how parents can stop some of the porn exposure. Now, I know that we feel like, okay, there's filters and stuff. Is she going to talk about that? I'm not talking about filters today. I am talking about a type of porn exposure that some people don't even know exists, comes in through a safe channel or network quote unquote safe yeah yeah right quote unquote trusted or safe that we think is safe and that actually a filter doesn't stop and so there is porn entering our world our network our children's world in really secure settings like schools libraries and so forth and we have there's stuff we can do about it. Like this is actually a problem we can stop. And that's the encouraging thing. So there's the bad news and the good news. The bad news is it's happening all over the world. So no matter where you're living, it's probably happening there. I have tracked it in multiple different countries in Africa and in every continent that this is happening, uh, this problem that we're going to be talking about today. And so that's the bad news. But the good news is we're going to give you some strategies, some action steps, some things that you can do to help your family stay safe from safe from this and try to help us stop this problem. So anyway, there you go. And of course, we look at every problem through the lens of self-government. So how can we solve it with self-governing? And we will be doing that today as well. But before we get into that, as is per tradition, we're going to talk about a family activity that you can do. Yay! Yay! So our family activity this week is something that our family has loved for years, and it's it's been loved for years. Um, it's Foursquare. So we live in a cul-de-sac, and there's many a time when we would go out into the cul-de-sac, draw a big chalk square for Foursquare, and, um, and then we'd play, sometimes for hours. But I do remember, Mom, that you were kind of the Foursquare queen. You ended up being in the king spot quite often. Oh, yes. I spent many a day playing Foursquare when I was a young little child. (laughs) And I mastered all the little rules like, okay, are we going to have bubbles? Are we going to do skyscrapers? How many bounces per square? And when you get into that top spot, you know, you get to pick the rules, which is so exciting. And I got pretty good at that. Yeah, you're right. I, I 
pretty much rule at Foursquare, but, <laughs> but it's a really fun game. You know, I actually was at another neighborhood just the other day, and I saw that somebody had painted a Foursquare in the middle of another cul-de-sac, and I thought, yeah, you know what? That's so great. They painted it. I mean, we just did chalk lines, but why didn't we ever do actual paint? We should have. Probably because the neighbors wouldn't have liked it, but it's okay. <laughs> maybe. They actually probably would have thought, okay. But yeah, they maybe. They might have even used it. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But Foursquare is so much fun. And there's so much kind of shucking and driving and fun oh, yeah. energy. Playful banter. Yeah, that happens with it and, and laughs. And, and it just really is one of those activities that sparks conversation, creates memories. You don't have to be a sports nut to do it. Like anyone no, can do it. There's no running involved. I mean, not really. Like not sometimes. Really. Yeah, Depends if on you how want big your squares to. are. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you want to. Anyway, Foursquare, that's a good one. Good memories page. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Now we want to jump into our topic, and uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about kind of the porn culture that's happening and how it's affecting, and what it's affecting. Yeah. So Paige, you've probably noticed being on a college campus, and, and by the way, you go to a really great school, it's a religious college, it has morals and standards, obviously people are not supposed to be doing porn in the apartments and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But you know, and that's like a standard, like everyone that comes to the school is like, Hey, we've got this standard, but it still affects college life. Even if you're at a place with standards, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, even though you have standards that are set by the school, that doesn't mean everyone wants to follow them. Yeah. That's true. Because and the thing is, is there's a cultural thing about it. Like oh, yeah. people just sometimes talk about it, sometimes share it, sometimes mm -hmm. normalize it. I think that's one of the biggest disservices is, you know, it used to be sure. Okay. There were prostitutes, brothels, things like that, dirty magazines, but they were always hidden. Like mm -hmm. when I was a you child, yeah, you had to go and search it out. And now some little person can just be looking up something totally benign and it finds you. Well, and yeah, it's that's a different money-making opportunity for people these days. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge money-maker. And, and I think people think it's normal now. I mean, not everybody, right? Well, it's, um, they, it has been normalized so much that it is now quote unquote normal. Yeah. In fact, there was a study that was done years ago. I remember reading about in Italy and they were trying to find, they were, they were going on college campuses. They were going to do a study to try and check, uh, you know, genital function, sexual function for males. And they were trying to find a focus group of people that didn't do porn and masturbate and a focus group of people that did, and then do some tests on them and try to see what the differences were because they had some guesses about that there would be an effect to people that have porn. And now we know for sure there is an effect right. um, because there have been multiple studies that have been done, but during this study, I, I remember being shocked as I read it because they said they actually, as they were trying to conduct this study in Italy at that time, and this was a number of years back, probably maybe seven, eight years ago, that they could not find a group of people not doing porn and stuff. They could find the other group just fine. <laughs> but they actually couldn't find any. And when I read that, I went, that's really sad, really sad because this means the percentage of the population that is affected by porn, at least at that time in that country, huge. And then I look ahead to what, what that means for marriages and for healthy love life in marriages, what, what that means for attachment in marriages, what that means for attachment to children and family life, what that means for um, selfish behaviors and um, just always pacifying the cravings of the flesh, you know, and what that does to a person. And, and the, world, the word that always pops into my head when I think about sexual addiction and this, this world that we're living in now is bondage. 
That's the word. It, it's, it puts a person in bondage and they literally have to break free with as much work as if you are breaking out of a prison. Oh, That's yeah. what it's no, like. It's hard. It's, it's a mental and emotional struggle. Yeah, exactly. And spiritual struggle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear people talk about what they go through to break out of that. And then, and then there's residual effects. Just like if you've been in prison, you've been a POW or locked up in, in the Bastille or wherever, okay? Um, there's always effects from that prison life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the Count of Monte Cristo, you know, he, he ends up with all this money after his, all these years, 12 years or something in the Chateau d'If. And this is an old, you know, classic book. <laughs> and he, and in his fancy home, instead of sleeping on a bed, he just feels more comfortable sleeping on the floor. And he just has this hangover of, of being a prisoner and, and being in that world. And and that's what happens to a person who has porn. So, so the thing is, is that porn on anyone's brain can cause problems. And sexual addiction on anybody's brain causes bondage and problems they have, they have to break out of, can have negative effects on their relationships and families and their overall productivity just in general because it's, there's so much time wasting involved there as well. I mean, if you want to just get really practical. But, but what it does to a young person a young brain an adolescent yeah it it does a lot and it's hard to catch sometimes too because of what it does to a young brain Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely in fact there have been studies done now and many neurological neurologists i don't even know what i was neurological yeah but that's not what i was going to say i was going (laughs) to say neurologist so people who study the brain there There have been many doctors who have spoken out and said Okay, now we know. We can study the brain. We can see. We know. And so there's no more like, oh, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you because it does. And the more and more mm-hmm. we learn about how our bodies work, the more we know this totally affects us. In fact, there's a fantastic YouTube video right now. It's a TED Talk by Dr. Jen Brown or maybe Jennifer Brown all on the effects of pornography on the adolescent brain. And if you want to go into more detail there, I'm not going to spend time talking about that. She's a colleague of mine, a really good friend. And she did a fantastic TED talk that just really details. And she's written some peer reviewed papers and stuff with some neurologists where, you know, it has been validated that this truly does happen to the brain. So the functioning totally alters the chemical adjustment um, is is noticeable. They can absolutely see the ability to think clearly is totally shut down. The um, the conductors in the brain change, and so and when your conductors change, you can't stop yourself from certain things. So you you don't have like a shut off switch. It is really a dangerous thing that a person gets into and they don't even realize what's going on in their brain. But in the adolescent brain in particular, it is very detrimental because their brain is so moldable, so volatile. And if, and they're, they're still in that stage where you know, they're, they're growing in their brain and their prefrontal cortex is still growing and adapting. And without that prefrontal cortex being fully developed, which doesn't happen between, until between the ages of like 18 and 20, probably six years old. Um, when, when that prefrontal cortex is not fully functioning, they can't even understand fully how to shut off or why to shut off. They can't always- Or what to shut off. Yeah, they can't. So it just becomes a total like takeover uh, for these children and they become obsessed very, very quickly. And their moral center is not fully developed because that's hooked to the prefrontal cortex. And so they just don't hardly even stand a chance. So that's where the, that's where the adolescent, the young brain is at. And I shouldn't even say adolescent, but like just the child brain. Because there are children now, and this is the part that really breaks my heart. Um, there are so many children now. Oh, I got to breathe as I say this so I don't just start crying. Um, that are so sexualized when they're so young. Like little babies. Like, 
little toddlers. And uh, I read an interview one time from a, a leader of a porn industry thing, you know, he was being interviewed and he's like, Oh, you know, we don't even have to train the kids for, for porn stuff very much anymore. I mean, they just come porn ready. And that absolutely broke my heart. It made me so sick. I thought, what in the world is happening? What's happening to education and sexual education? It's obviously become too graphic. What's happening with the parents' role in protecting that part of the children? What are they exposing them to or not knowing they're being exposed to? Who, who, who is running the brains? Where have the brains been turned over to? And I got to think the majority of parents don't know. Now there are some creepy parents who sell out their own kids, but we won't talk about that. Some parents just aren't even aware, which is kind of why we wanted to do this topic. And, and obviously it's gotten worse and people are more aware of the effects of pornography nowadays and how it can be accessed. But there are a few that people aren't aware of. And that's kind of what we wanted to point out today. Yeah, we did. Thanks for that. Because we could just go on on sad, icky stuff for a long time. And we but need why to stop. would we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Unless it was absolutely necessary. Yeah, exactly. So the thing that we want to talk about today is a place where porn is found that you might not realize. And this place is the school. And this place is the library. And it's right on the tablet that they give to the child. And I know you're going to think this is a conspiracy theory, but I promise you 100% swear up and down on a stack of Bibles. This is not a conspiracy theory. I have researched it now in many, many lands. And there are people all over the world working on trying to stop this problem. It is a known problem. And there is something that we can do about it. And that's what we want to get to today is what you can do about it. But there are things, so schools have uh, filters on their computers, okay? So obviously, there's a wisdom in that because children cannot actually reason enough to know what they can consent to see or not because their prefrontal cortexes are so small, okay? So we need to remove the idea of child consent from anything sexual, that's important, super important. Well, yeah, because it's not really, they, they only consent either because they like know a person or something because they don't really know what's going on. No, no, no. It's, if a child consents to sexual activity of any kind, they have been groomed for it. And that means yeah. sexual abuse. And that's plain and simple what it means. I've had children live in my home for multiple years as I did foster care who were sexually abused and who even some of them were sexual abusers. Okay. They were perpetrators and it all starts with grooming. You can't usually turn out a sexual abuser or someone to explain abuse grooming? regularly. Cause like it's, yeah. we, when you know what you're talking about, you say that, but I don't know if everyone knows what that means exactly. Thank you. So yes, uh, grooming is when you are the one that shows somebody something first, okay? So if a person sees porn first before they ever hear their parents explain the proper birds and the bees talk, then porn grooms them for what sex really is, okay? Um, If a young child, if if an adult's going to groom a young child, they teach them something about their body that they didn't already know or about the the perpetrator's body, okay? And might start showing things, talking about things, touching things, tickling things, and that's all grooming. Well, when you watch porn, you're titillated. It's the same thing. It brings about this tickling, okay? This fancying, this interest in something you've never seen before. And you get interested and interested and interested. And then soon it grooms you toward a behavior that you never planned on having. And so then you're abused. And sometimes you self-abuse because you were groomed to do that even. That makes sense. I mean, you know. I'm using the term abuse there very liberally, of course. But still, um, when a person starts going in any direction that leads them sexually, you have to say, is it just that normal, whoa, that's a body part I didn't know I had, whoa, you know, or (laughs) is it, because that's normal, right? Yeah. Um, Or is it the, this is now what I've seen somebody else do to a body part and now I want to check it out on my body part. If so, that's called grooming. You've been groomed for a behavior then. 
And so that's a, a dangerous thing. And children groom each other for stuff all the time. Um, the, the biggest perpetrators on children are other children. And, that, oh, yeah. and, and when you look at the statistics, you won't necessarily see that represented in, in the statistics in every place you look because child-on-child -child sexual abuse is not often reported because they're like, well, I mean, they're kids, they're dumb, they're just like, I don't know, you know, and then the parents go, okay, we're nipping that, but it's not reported, but a lot of sexual stuff starts kid-on-kid. But this sexual stuff starts in the school from a trusted authority. That trusted authority is the school, the LEA, the school district, or in, in my case, where I live, it's actually a state agent. Well, I don't want to call it an agency. It's a, it's a group that's contracted with the state, and the state pays them to provide the databases for all of the school's libraries libraries, hospitals, government facilities, colleges throughout the state of Utah. And, and even some of those colleges, because they're religious, it's extended to other states as well. Well, and so, when you say databases, you're not just talking about the internet, right? Totally not just talking about the internet. So that's important that we need to do a distinction there because the filters at the schools and the filters at the libraries could cover things on the internet, but a database is different. You go to a URL, Okay. And, and so that's, you know, on the internet, you go to the URL, but then you go in through a portal. So there'll be a login that you go into, or if, it, if you give a child a tablet, that's a school issue tablet, it might have an app or a portal just automatically installed that you can just automatically go in. Okay. Anyway. And when you're in the library, it will say, go to databases, go to the Utah online library or something like that. Something that sounds very, you know, like benign. Anyway, and so you go in there and that database, once you get in, once you put in your password and you go in and the children get passwords every year, or like I said, they're automatically logged in and they can access it at home or at school and teachers say, hey, you need to go here to get credible sources for your research. And I could go at length about if those sources are actually credible. <laughs> Uh, my daughter was using these databases last year, so London, for a college class that she was in, and her college teacher said, you have to use these sources out of this database, and, and she could not find hardly anything on her topic, number one, that wasn't biased, and number two, that even gave any breadth of information and, she, and she's like I'm just gonna have to grab two dumb things out of the database and then go to Google for the rest because this is ridiculous so we, we could talk about whether the stuff's even credible but the teachers are told that it is they're told that it comes from good sources the teachers don't necessarily all look in it themselves but but anyway so they go into these databases they log in through the portal once they're in the portal they're like in a building okay so it's like walking off the street into a building and once you're in the building, the door closes. And anything that happens in the building, nobody out on the street notices, okay? But the building is still on the street, okay? So you can pass by the building and know it's there, but what happens inside, nobody knows. And that's how a database works. If, if there's any furniture in a building or any people in a building, they had to come in, okay? Someone had to put them in there. So that's how a database is. Everything in the database had to be put in. And that's why the database companies go to the school districts and go to the states and say, hey, we can guarantee this is safe, you know, quote unquote safe. It's a safe way to search because nothing is in there unless we put it in. This is not just internet. It's so much safer. And we've got like the Harvard journals in there, you know, and they try throw out a few big names or whatever. And so we've got some really good stuff. Never mind that there's also Penthouse, Cosmopolitan, GQ, uh, nudity magazines, all these other kinds of stuff, you know, that are in there. Never mind that. As well as books that are horrific that are like about yeah, raping people with weapons and all kinds of horrible, horrible, grotesque. Explicit. BDSM stuff, you know, and, and never mind that they're selling sex toys to children and they're selling, you know, all kinds of other things to children because they're, oh, it's just in the magazine, it's an ad or it's a whatever. And so children look up these benign topics and 
they're blown away. So I had a friend in Colorado who was looking on her son's tablet. It was just sitting there at the breakfast table. She was having her coffee and she's just kind of, you know, clicking around on it. She clicks on this database button. She clicks a couple of times. After about four clicks, she was into graphic, like triple X BDSM junk. And she was blown away. She's like, what is this? And this is, to my knowledge, the very first person to ever have found this in the school databases. And do you know how long the databases have been there? So long. So long. Years they have been there. Because we haven't had encyclopedias in schools for how long? Years, years and years. Pretty much most of your whole life, Paige. There was, data, there was database CDs and then came databases online. And so these online databases have just been trusted explicitly without question. And she saw that and she went, holy cow. So then she started looking in there and she found stuff that would make your toes just curl. And she was like, this is wrong. And so she went to her school district. It was Cherry Creek school district in Colorado. And she's like, this is not okay. And they're like, Oh no, no, you're just a pervert. You're just, she's like, no, I'm not a per like, Look, I'm the mother. You know, and, and then come to find out in her school district, there was a major sex scandal where there were people in the district having sex with children, whatever. So she didn't get anything happening with it until after those people got found out and ousted. And then finally some things started happening with Cherry Tree School. Cherry Creek School District. But in the meantime, before she even got any traction there, I ran into her at a, a conference all about children and children's health and with some groups that I'm part of because I'm, you know, I care about kids. I mean, that's, a, that's what I spend my whole life about is family and children. And so I was at this thing and I ran into her and, and she's, you know, she's telling about it. And I'm like, holy cow. I said, do you think that's in my state? And she's like, well, what state are you in? I said, Utah. She's like, oh, it's totally in your state. She's like, I already know. I've already looked in your state, you know, because I started looking at all the states around and I, and yours is easy to access. And I was like, serious? And she said, oh yeah, here, I'll show you. And so then she takes me to our database for our state. She shows me how to log in. I log in there and within seconds, I was seeing things in the database that made me so sick, you know, like selling of sexual paraphernalia to children and advocating videos, images, um, stories. I was like, no way. All of a sudden, I just felt this enormous call to action. And I thought, some people are going to attack me. Some people are going to think I'm just some conspiracy person. There is no way that I can know what's there and not protect people. Not after I've seen grooming, seen child abuse, seen, no, I will not. So I, I looked on there a little bit more and I thought I got to take some screenshots. I got to document some of this stuff. So, so I did. And I just went into a little hobbies and crafts thing on the EBSCO website. I typed in video games. The second search that came up with was, was the secret history, history of video game sex. And there was images and stuff. Wow. And I was like, holy cow, what little child might go into a hobbies and crafts da database to look for a craft or whatever? And they're like, what's your hobby? Video games. They type it in. And that's what they find. I thought, oh my goodness. So I called one of the senators in our state. And I'm, I'm like, Senator, this is really bad. I know you've been against porn. We got to do something. And he was like, holy cow. I just said, just get out your phone. Like just right now, put me on speaker and I'll walk you through it right now. And I showed him some things and he was blown away and he just stopped talking and he said, will you go on the news? And I said, yeah, I'll go on the news. So the news came out to my house and I did it and we walked the news through it and they did an expose on it. They were like, whoa, this is crazy, right? Well, within a few hours of it hitting the news on a Friday night, it was shut down. Um, so in our state, they wow. shut it down really, really quick. Yeah. Which and tells you something just right there. Exactly. Okay. So see that right there is proof. Okay. Proof that there is a problem. If it was ever shut down, there's proof and there it is. Boom. Proof. And now Cherry Creek has also done in school district in Colorado has done some shutting down. There's other places that have done some things. McPherson, uh, in 
what uh, Omaha, Nebraska area. Anyway, they've shut it down. There's other places that have shut it down. So this is what happened. They shut it down and they're like, whoa, we are not restating this until we know it is clean, right? And because it was, I mean, ugly stuff, stuff you never want to see, pictures that will never go out of my mind because that's how it is, right? With that ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, and so I had a team of moms all looking on it and they're like, okay, I can only do so much of this. I'm like, just give well, us honestly, enough Honestly, moms are the best ones to go find that stuff because that mama bear syndrome. Woof. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is we started looking at drinks that kids might drink things that, and, and you'd be surprised what's there. You'd be surprised. And what we found out too was sometimes some of the most graphic stuff was targeted toward the, the lowest Lexile level. And you probably don't know what a Lexile level is. So let me explain. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so a Lexile level is what your vocabulary is, how many oh. words you know. So all the gross stuff that was full of the F word and all this is targeted toward our, our children with the smallest vocabularies. So the youngest ones. Yes. We were so Hmm. sick when we found this out. We're like, what is happening? So anyway, um, they shut it down for three weeks. And they told EBSCO. So EBSCO is a big database company. They used to be um, a company that was a, a magazine aggregate company. Okay. So they would like print a magazine that showed that told what was in every magazine. So if you wanted to like find something from an issue about a certain topic, you could, it was almost like a huge index, right? Of all the magazines, everything printed. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you could find access to it. Well, then they switched to databases, which is like magazine aggregate on steroids. Okay. So now, (laughs) so, so then they, they switched and they started having people donate their articles and stuff to their databases. And, um, and these people pay, okay? So these companies pay, like um, like Penthouse and Good Housekeeping and whatever. Um, you know, and just think about how many Good Housekeeping articles that you know you've seen on the shelves at the store that okay. talk about how to get an orgasm or whatever, okay? That's all in the school databases, all right? So the written word plus the pictures plus the videos. And... Um, Anyway, so then they started buying up other databases. So they are now a huge conglomerate, one of the biggest in the world, if not the biggest, actually. And they're funded by George Soros. And if you know that guy and his open uh, society, his open society plan, which is very communist, um, and his communist roots and background and just his agenda <laughs> for the world, you know, that's not a trusted source to be funding a whole bunch of this stuff. But what they do is they get good housekeeping and these guys to pay them tons of money to put their stuff in. And then they tell good housekeeping because I saw their, their advertising materials to the different magazine companies and stuff. They say to good housekeeping, we will find your target audience. That's a quote. We will increase your subscriptions. We will get you in all these many hundred thousands of libraries and stuff like this around the world and schools and everything. And, and so the companies are planning on making a buck, getting a following of people that will subscribe to their online periodicals and come visit their stuff. And so they're, they're donate they're paying money. And then on the side of the schools and the libraries, they are paying money, millions of dollars. My state pays to access those databases for all the people, all the children and students and stuff in the state of Utah. And so, you know, if you've got people paying on both sides and the quote unquote target audience is the child in the middle, there is a word for that. And that word is exploited or exploitation. So the children are being bought and sold. Their innocence, their brains are being bought and sold. And it's being marketed as safe. So anyway, they shut it down for three weeks. After three weeks, they said, okay, it's clean. The senator calls me. They just reinstated it. They say it's clean. Go take a look. And I'm like, okay. So I jumped in, I took a look. I remember I was out of town. I didn't have much time, but I took like 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes, I found live links to Penthouse Magazine, articles of kids having sex with their drama teachers, like sixth graders. Um, images, yeah, images. I'm like, no, not clean, guys. <laughs> not better, clean yet. better, but not clean. 
So then I start turning in some of the stuff and they're like, well, that picture's art. I'm like, it's a photograph. And it's like, a nude photograph. You can't call that art. So it's one thing for these art exemptions or, you know, to like, okay, to include the picture of the Sistine Chapel or the Statue of David or something like that. Okay. But if we're expanding them, I mean, people who make porn feel like that's art, right? People who, I mean, where's our line, you know? So then they said, well, Nicolene, you can turn in, you can look on stuff. And if you find anything, you can just turn it into us and we'll have a group of people review it. But we're going to call it good right now, unless you find stuff. So I kept turning in things and then they kept deleting things and I turn them in and they delete them. You know what that's called? Proof that there's more of a problem. Even when they said that it was cleaned up and you know what they said to our state too, when they turned it off, they said, oh, well, we didn't know you wanted the filters on. Excuse me? Were, were we ever informed that they weren't going to be on? I mean, it, it's just like, That they what? were even there? <laughs> weird statements being made. Super weird statements. So anyway, um, yeah, so then I'm looking. Every week I'm turning in a report to this office that runs this. It gets millions of dollars, you know, from our state to send this to all the schools and libraries. And... All of a sudden, a lawmaker said to me, Nicolene, it's not your job to clean it all, all up. And, and their, their business model means there's just going to be more that comes in. And I'm like, exactly. And they're like, no, we need to do something. We need to have a bill. We need to stop this. We need to investigate this. This needs to be more official. We need to take this on a more official path. Mm-hmm. So, then, so then we started pursuing other more official, more legal paths that we could take. So Nicolene Peck wouldn't have to sit and just like do babysitting work look at porn all day to try and get rid of porn for everyone else (laughs) exactly exactly horrible stuff nightmarish i mean i was like praying i'm I'm just like praying heavenly father please help me (laughs) i do not want to remember this i'm trying (laughs) to help other people please anyway and uh, you know really ugly stuff but i gotta tell you um it's not just that one database I mentioned. It's in other databases. And, and there's a list of a whole bunch of them, you know, you know Cengage and um, ProQuest and Inspire and Gale. And I mean, it's in tons of different um, All the databases. Different databases yeah. yeah, it is. And it's to differing degrees. Okay. And so, but it's there and a lot of them are all the same company, which is really sad. So anyway, just so you know, if you, if you're like, well, we don't have EBSCO, we must be safe. Mm, You may not be, you got to check that out. A lot of people think, oh, my child doesn't go to school. Thank goodness. I homeschool or we're online. No, but there's, there's problems there too. I've heard of many situations where children can still find pornography even at, even while being homeschooled. Well, yeah, because do you go to the library or do you ever use the online library? Like yeah. where you, you, know, oh, yeah. you look at books online where you're like, oh, I'll reserve that. Or I'm going to look up something on there for an assignment. Then, mm-hmm. then your homeschool child is still affected. And so many homeschoolers are part of homeschool charters. And guess what the charters usually offer as one of their educational resources? Library databases. Databases. <laughs> so guess what you end up getting access to? Yay. Pornography. Exactly. So you've got to be careful. Um, there's no surefire on this one, surefire way. So uh, anyway, this is a this is a huge problem, and it has been tackled now all over the United States. I actually at the World Congress um, of Families last year actually an- announced this at the Congress and spoke about this problem and people were blown away. They're like, no way. And I said, true, go look it up. Let me know what you find. And people from various different countries were like, holy cow, it's in my country. What, what do I do? And that's what everybody wants to know. What do I do? Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of wanted to mention a few things today on what you could do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what we want to do today. So number one thing, and this is, should be a given is actually you've got to educate other parents about it in your area. If you're, and, and it's good to be open about what is there with your children. Well, yeah, don't Don't tell tell them them what's there. Yeah. Yeah, But just say, but just say, you know what, that data, 
you know, those databases and stuff at the school, they're just not really that good. And if you're ever using those, I need to be right with you. Like that's mm -hmm. just how it goes. We don't mm -hmm. just go on databases. Here's the other thing. Even though the internet filters do not work on the content in a database, your internet filter at your home can shut off databases. It can say nobody can enter a database. There are certain internet filters that can do that. And I know this because one time I was at my brother's house and, and I, you know, we were vacationing there and I was looking up some stuff because we were in the middle of this fight trying to get this thing shut down. <laughs> and, and I had looked up some things at, at my house and I was like, Oh, not a problem. I get to his house and I'm like, how come I can't get in? I can go to the portal. And then it just gives me an error. And, and so I said to my brother, I'm like, what do you got going here? And he's like, oh, I don't let my kids into databases. He's like, we've had too many bad experiences at the library. I'm like, see Ooh. what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> People know it's there, but why is nobody doing anything about it? In fact, I talked to an IT guy at a school just this year during election. He was running for school board and and he was like, oh, yeah, we all know it's there. He's like, I've seen it. I've been in there in the computer lab, seen it pop up for kids when they're looking up stuff. He's like, I've seen it. And, you know, he's like, but there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm like, this is a problem. There has to be something. Yeah, and so they've you know, actually. You don't have to buy it. Yeah, no, but they've actually created something to do about it, haven't they? Yeah, we have. So, so number one, educate people. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to hit like five things okay action steps that you can do four or five <laughs> yes okay so so number one tell other parents about it make sure people know okay and and make sure that you take precautions for your children so tell people about it that's huge number two if you've got a filter at your home make sure it excludes databases mm -hmm. so that none of your devices can go into a database so that's a good one to do okay then number three sign our petition. We actually have a petition on change.org and that petition is something that we're signing so that we say, whoa, there are this many people around the world that are totally dedicated to stopping this issue. And so that's what that's what we want. And right now we've got 400 and I don't know, 50 or something people. That's all? Well, we just started it. Oh, we just okay. started it. Well, that's okay. pretty good for just starting then. Yeah, we just started it. So hopefully that totally changes. Um, but it's at change.org forward slash P, which probably means petition, forward slash lawmakers hyphen stop hyphen porn stop hyphen on school, hyphen and, hyphen library, hyphen computers. If you type that in, I think you'll be able to get it. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I'm going to actually put on the teachingselfgovernment.com website, there's going to be a link to all these things. Well, there'll be an article there about stopping porn on school and library computers. And you can go to that uh, petition and sign there. Now, this particular petition, we wanted it to be legit. And so please put an email where you're from so that it can show you're a real person, but, but you don't have to donate any money to it. Like the, the, the place who offers the free petition to us wants you to pay them to run petitions, but you don't need to do that. Just so you know. Um, anyway, so yeah, sign the petition. Okay. That is huge. Also go to the teaching selfgovernment.com website and read the article that's there called eyes wide open. Eyes wide open it is going to be a companion to this podcast. You will want to read that. And there will be a link in that article also to a survey. That survey is a place where you can tell us if you know somebody who has been exposed to porn at school or at the library. Whether it's someone in your own family or whether it's a friend or a niece or a nephew or, or if just you yourself have been at the library and seen it. We want to know because lawmaker, well, yeah, or at home, absolutely going in. I mean, but, but we want to make sure that it's going into a school resource, right? right? Like on a school tablet or in a database that you're accessing through the school website or, you know, or something like the library. But we, but we want the lawmakers around the country and the world to know 
what is happening where. So if we can gather enough people's stories that show it's happening all over everywhere, then we can absolutely show there is just cause for people to take legal action on this. Mm -hmm, we can't sure. allow our children's innocence to be sold. No, because it's so sweet and pure. And that's actually yeah. what helps to give them a good foundation for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then finally, uh, our final action step is, there might even be another one. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll give me another one, <laughs> but here's another action step. Um, and, and pick one to start with, you know, go to the website, go to teachingselfgovernment.com, read the article there, click on the links. I mean, you've heard the story that's in the article. Just find the links, start clicking them. If you want to study more, there's more links on there that you can study as well. And you can see how, how the American Library Association is not exactly opposed to porn for our children. In fact, they, are, they have made their own Bill of Rights that declares that kind of access should be part of our rights and, and stuff. And they actually sued the U.S. over SIPA, which is the Child Internet Protection Act. They thought that it was wrong to have a Child Internet Protection Act and that there would be finances tied to it. But here's the deal. Um, they've been able to circumvent it with these databases. It's like there's a scapegoat, somebody to blame who tells them this is safe. And then they can say, yeah, everything's safe. And then they can get millions of dollars from the U.S. government every year because, oh, yeah, we're in compliance with the Child Internet Protection Act. Give us the money. And yet, are they? So this is, it's icky stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that we found out. Just type in um, ALA, uh, you know, sues over SIPA laws and you'll be able to, well, there'll be links in the article, so you'll be able to find it. Um, anyway, so sad that the ALA is not protecting the innocence of our children. Um, so go to um, contact your senators, U.S. senators. They're doing something right now. And we are talking 2020 right now, July of 2020. They are doing something right now. It's Senate Bill 3398. And it's called Earn It, E-A-R-N-I-T. Well, that's the acronym for a very long name. Um, Earn It. <laughs> but it makes, it makes a good name still. Yeah, it does. Earn It Act of 2020. And this is an act that will, that goes towards stopping children from being able to be exposed to this kind of stuff, which what we know about the brain makes total logical sense. Even if they weren't selling the innocence of our children, which they are, what we know about the brain should make everybody want to support this anyway, because the child brain is so easily groomed and they don't have the proper um, problem solving and experience capabilities to actually shut off some of that reprogramming that happens. And then in your local area, let your city council people know that are in charge of libraries that it's an issue. Uh, let your legislators know at state levels that this is a problem that we got to do something about. You know, get access into your, your databases. Find somebody who's not going to be pornified, who's somebody who has enough self-government, who has enough strength to not get addicted. Go and look up stuff. Take some screenshots in there. Show them to people. Get those people educated and say, we need to start some bills because here's the deal. Here's some good news. There are bills that are being made and bills that are being passed. There was a wonderful bill passed in Idaho uh, just this last legislative session for them in 2020 where they are holding these database companies accountable for uh, and liable for what they're doing for the children or to the children. And so then there's legal cause that action can be taken against these, these databases. So. Anyway, we just, we can't be controlled by these businesses. And if we're going to trust schools, we need to trust schools. This is not a teacher's fault. It's not an administrator's fault. It's not a school district's fault. I mean, this is like, nobody's checking this. This is the thing that blows me away. Nobody knows. So nobody's checking. And, and because it hasn't been public ever before. So we absolutely need to make this public and I hope you'll help me. I hope you'll share this podcast. I hope you'll tell people about it. I hope yeah, you'll take sign action a petition. If it's something that you care about. 
absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many people that see porn for their first time at school. And even if it wasn't your child's first time, if they see, if they've seen porn at school, or if you saw porn at school when you were a child and it had a negative effect on you, tell us on the survey. We need those stories. Um, The lawmakers need them for backup to solve this problem. For, yeah, proof. Yeah. So, and, and we know people are out there. We know it doesn't always get told and children don't always tell their parents what happens, but hopefully some of you know of some stories that you can share with us. Porn is rampant enough. The exposure is rampant enough that um, I am confident we can find enough stories that have come into the light that have become open enough uh, that we can handle this problem. And um, as with everything, when we handle anything that is related to a person's behavior, which this would be end up tied to a person's decision-making or behavior, we handle it in a self-governed way. We cannot take this personally. This attack on the innocence of our children, on the, the roles in the family, the proper order of instruction, and the timing of instruction that should be dictated by parents, uh, the dismantling of morals in our society. These things are coming at us faster than some of us can even blink to, to recognize they're there. And I know for some families, it's probably what I just shared with you might, might've freaked you out, might've overwhelmed you. And hopefully I freaked you out enough that you'll take a little bit of action with us. Um, but I, I don't want you to be super worried because there are things we can do and we just have to be aware. That is an important thing we got to do. We got to keep the communication lines open with our family, which is a self-government thing to do, to have open communication. We've got to make sure that this beast is not allowed to attack us if we know it's there. And not allowed to win. Yeah. Paige, you know, I would love to ask you a question because you've been firing questions at me and I've been talking my brains out here. Um, Sure. But this was kind of like my baby, you know, yeah. and, um, and so I knew I'd be doing a lot of talking on this pod- podcast, but as you look ahead, I know you don't even have any children yet, you know, but, um, but as you look ahead for your future children one day, what is it that you have or that you know, or a skill you possess or something what is it that you feel like you've got or that you know how to do or you can rely on that gives you hope even in a time when these kind of attacks are right there at trusted places like the schools and libraries? I think my biggest thing is something that I learned growing up and something that you and dad helped instill in us children. Because growing up, we knew that we could trust you with anything, with any information that we received, anything that we saw. And that was very comforting for me. Even though, you know, you weren't necessarily our best friends while we were growing up because you were our parents, we knew that we could trust you with anything. And so, you know, we were able to come with come to you with anything because pretty much everyone experiences this at some point or another. And to it's a sad differ- reality. But yeah, yeah, differing and varying degrees of it. And so we were able to come to you and say, Hey, you know, we saw this and this is I rare. remember you telling me you saw something at a at a haircut place. You were like, Mom, I cannot ever look at magazines at a haircut place again because I saw something really bad. Yeah. I remember and you telling me that was probably like your first time you ever saw anything bad like that. Probably. Yeah, and so it's it's something that I plan on doing with my future family is just telling them, hey, you know, it's out there. You're probably going to see it, but I want you to tell me when you do because it's not something I'm going to get angry about. It's something that I want to be able to talk to you about to help mm-hmm. prepare you to be successful and to stay, you know, clean and I guess you say morally north in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that what you're saying that you have, that you feel like is a good thing to have is you feel like you already know potentially there's a risk that you can try as you might, you 
you can't always make sure no one sees everything. You, you can right? put, you know, barriers you in can place, try. but. Yeah, and, yeah. and I feel like we did a really good job of trying, but that didn't yeah. mean the haircut shop wasn't going to have a magazine sitting <laughs> there that I didn't know. I mean, right. you know, like sometimes things happen, right? And, and sometimes you inadvertently see something. And even though we thought the filters were working or whatever it was, you know, um, so, but you, you're prepared to go, that's not going to make or break me. We're going to talk. I know how to talk to people about anything. I know how to not be shocked and surprised. I know how to go- have a good open conversation with another person. Right. And that's something that made me comfortable talking to you about things is I knew that you would go, what? You saw that? And then, you know, cause that, that creates a feeling of shame. And I knew that you weren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that I knew that I would have a safe person to talk to whenever I did come across anything. It's not like I went searching for it, yeah. but you know, if I ever did come across anything, I knew that there would be someone who would not be shocked or surprised or disappointed. Mm-hmm. That we could help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have the bigger picture and maybe that's the thing. Sometimes when we find out our children have seen stuff or could have seen stuff or whatever. Uh, it's really easy to get hung up on the detail of what could have just happened to them instead of the bigger, the bigger picture, which is really valuable. And the bigger picture is we're humans. We're having a human experience. We need direction. We need understanding. We need keys and tools and skills so that we, we have something to hold on to so we don't have it happen again. Right. And you I know, think that's and the biggest thing, just arming, I want to arm my children with the skills they need to overcome that and to be master of it and not be mastered by it. Mm, I like that. Very well said. Very well said. Well, this was a heavy topic. This wasn't oh, laughs yeah. and, and sillies and fun, but <laughs> I hope you guys see that there is something that we can do if we all join together and we get the education out there. We expose this out there. We tell our stories. We make some laws. We support good laws that are happening, like the Earn It Act of 2020. Check that out. Look it up. Contact people right now saying this is good. And read it. Make sure you read it You know yourself. Sign the petition. For sure that. That's easy. Talk to your families. Um, just be aware, be aware that it's there. So now, you know, one more thing that you can watch for, but don't stress over it. No, Um, it's not something to be overwhelmed by because yeah, yeah, there is an overwhelmingly amount, overwhelming amount of information and things that are not good, but just take it like you do every other big thing, you know, step by step, just take the precautions you need little by little, do what you can. Exactly. Well said. And really just trust too in that you're making a good family culture. You're making good relationships. Put your focus in the proactive more than the reactive. That is a self-government principle. Oh goodness. Yes. Put your, put your effort into the proactive, not the reactive. And so when we tell you this, we don't want everybody being totally crazy, reactive, scary, fearful, but we do want you to do something. And, and hopefully the some things that we can do can be proactive to fix this problem. So anyway, find that eyes wide open article on, on the blog post on the teaching self-government.com website. There are so many other things about self-government that we could talk to. This was a, or talk about, this was a heavy one page, but we did it. It's important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like I did something of major service today And I hope people take it as such because this was just truly from my heart an ache that I've known about now for a while, a couple of years, two years. Mm -hmm. I've known about this and I've been working on it and it needs to be out there and open and people need to know. And And I went on the news, but you know, that only goes so long and there'll be a link to that as well in the, in the uh, blog post. So just look at that and this will be a really great thing for you. Yeah, and I think before we we go, I think we just should just sum up and give some of the particulars again. So the petition can be found at change.org, right? Yeah, change.org slash p slash, uh, I forget all of that that it was. Uh, (laughs) Lawmakers, (laughs) something, 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 stopping porn in schools and library. But you should be able to find it if you have that change.org 
porn library schools. Maybe you type that in, you'll find it, but we'll have a link to it. And in fact, yeah. I think Paige in the description of this podcast, let's just put those links in there too. Yep, we can do that. Let's just do that. And then, and then also you can get more information on the blog post because we'll have additional links that will be there to other things like ALA stuff and some of these other, you know, other newscasts and stuff mm -hmm. that I've done and, mm -hmm. and the people in Cherry Creek have done and, and other places around the nation. So anyway, uh, and you'll, and you can, you can even see, um, a portion of my presentation from the world Congress. I believe. Yeah. And so then emailing your senators and your congressmen about the bill, which the bill number is what? Uh, the, for the earn it is mm -hmm. Senate bill three, three, nine, eight. Okay. Yep. The earn it act of 2020. Yeah, just That's call it that. One. They'll know what it is. It's it's high profile at this point. True. Anyway, but yeah, those are the, the details of things you can do to help out. All right. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And go to teachingselfgovernment.com for more. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.